The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast, 888-900-3393. If you follow me on Twitter, at JeffVMRA, you saw the picture of the of the new Blaze Radio Talk Studios. It's beauteous. We've got the nice new desk. We've got the nice new microphones on the big swing arms that cover the entire desk. So there's just room. And, oh, yes, and by the way, one thing that we were concerned about earlier, a few weeks ago when I couldn't breathe and almost died in here because of carpet glue, because uh, the doors were closed all night and the glue had me stoned all day. Now they've taken the doors out. So that's good. That's good. We've remodeled right. we got a couple of chairs. I've got the Doc Thompson painting from some artist that makes him look like Vincent Price uh, on the glass that I can stare right back at him. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. We. This is world class right here. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. It's good to have you for along. You know, so much has happened this week. It has been an amazing week, right? We've had the fallout from Charlottesville, which started last week, just before we left the air here on this broadcast. And uh, it's continued, even though it's over in Charlottesville, it's not over. Uh, It's been unbelievable uh, between the cities, between the... Uh, statues between the names of schools and between our government, the White House. Now, I mean, we've had Donald Trump is, uh, you know, things are starting to uh, appear. They appear. We'll just leave it at that. They appear to be coming undone. This is nice too, to be able to hit this like this. Nice. You can't hear that on the air, can you? Uh, he has, uh, you go down the list, um, Steve Bannon is out, the chief strategist. Uh, Bannon made it 210 days, so he hung out for quite a while. Um, Scaramucci, right, we lost him after 10 days. Sally Yates, attacked, uh, acting attorney general, 10 days. Michael Flynn made it 23 days. Uh, Preet Bahara, the U.S. attorney, he made it 49 days. Good for him. James Comey, 110 days. He went into triple digits. He's good. These last three, Comey, Sean Spicer, and Ryan's Priebus, they made it into triple digits. Now, Bannon was the only one that made it over 200 days. Okay, Comey made it 110. Spicer made it 183. Priebus made it 189. I mean, what are you going to do? And then you had... Uh, all the business policy forum people quit. 
And they were jumping ship so bad that uh, our president decided, um, you know what, we're not going to do these things anymore. It's my idea. These things don't work. Pulling the plug. Now, you know what, those CEOs are too busy. We're not going to do it anymore. But they were all quitting. Nah, 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 they weren't quitting. They were going to come back around. I mean, and then uh, we find out yesterday... And I'm kind of okay with this, but the arts, arts council all quit. Now, the headline is 16, 16 of the arts council quits, but, or I mean the, you know, they say uh, 17 arts council members quit, but then the photo and the video says 16. So there's an extra one hanging around somewhere, but I question why do we even need an arts council? Why are we spending money on that? That should be all private sector. Our President Trump should be saying, uh, good. We didn't need you anyway. I was calling you in next week to let you all go to begin with. Have a nice day. That would be the thing to do if you were Donald Trump. Draining the swamp. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he's doing all right. He is draining the swamp. <laughs> uh, so, tough week in Washington D.C. Um, they are uh, struggling, and we we found out uh, we found out yesterday that uh, um, just like he promised on the campaign, NAFTA would be repealed and done and be gone. Oh wait, no, no, we're, we. Well, I know we negotiated a better deal. That's what we did. There was no point of cutting it off. I just, he negotiated a better deal for us on NAFTA. So we keep that. That's good news. I mean, we want traffic to be seamless between Mexico, the United States, and Canada. Seamless. Because that's job creating businesses right there. Right? <laughs> right? Right? Okay. Some of the other headlines, uh, little, this one's kind of uh, trying to catch up with Amazon, but Google is boosting its home monetization potential. So they want to be able to uh, have their Google Home. Okay, Google now. Uh, oh, sorry if you have Google now. Sorry. Okay, Google now. Call home. Uh, order Twinkies. Uh, you can, they've got it hooked up now where you'll be able to make calls, which is kind of cool. I'd like to, you know, if you could have, uh, if Google and Amazon could make that happen, uh, it would make it more, you know, worthwhile because you've got the speaker phone, the speakers on your phone, which will do that, and you should be able to use the, you know, the Echo or the Google Now to do that, right? Make calls. You can all, you can order anything you want with it from Amazon, which is great. I mean, I, I've, I'm, I'm in love with Amazon Prime. I am. I mean, I can't tell if, if. I've got an Echo that I don't really use. Kids play with it, but I don't really use. However, now that I'm becoming hooked on Amazon Prime by just going online and ordering and it's in, at my front door tomorrow, um, I think I'm going to hook up the Echo and get it working. So it's like, I need uh, toothpaste. And it's at the front door. I mean, I am, I, I love it. I love it. But you've got uh, some other headlines. Walmart 
beats its earning because their online sales are surging. Really? I mean, Walmart, look. I mean, Walmart is, is, they're in the fight for their life against Amazon and Google. And they've, they've got to survive. And they will. Walmart's big enough to survive. No question. And in fact, they'll probably, what will probably happen is that while Amazon is buying up all these stores, and you wonder, why is Amazon going into the grocery business? They're not going into the grocery business. They're already in the grocery business. They're going in the brick-and-mortar location business so that you can have places to hold and store things to be delivered to your neighborhoods. Right? Because here in the Fort Worth area, we've got, I, I don't know how many Amazon warehouses we have of 18 billion square feet. But that's why we're one of the first areas for drone deliveries when it starts. Because it's a huge Area of human beings that are using Amazon. They've got great, huge warehouses of merchandise, and they're able to just drone it to your house. Oh man, do I want that? Do I? I, I, okay, Amazon Echo, I need toothpaste delivered to the backyard from the drone. I mean, just that fast. That's what I want. That's going to be fantastic. And one of the things that Google uh, started, Google Earth has created a way to uh, see some uh, some people's homes. Is that good? I mean, thank you, I think. And banks are cutting back on lending to the riskiest borrowers. Is that what they're supposed to do? I, mean, I don't know. I mean... I say no. That's not what they're supposed to do because I'm a riskier. Bar- <laughs> I'm a riskiest borrower. Okay, when I come in, they're like, "No, name Jeff Fisher." No, but really, I just wanted to borrow. No, I mean, I have a job, and no, thank you, sir. We can't do that. We can't pull that off for you. Can't pull that off. I wish we could. Man, do we wish we could, but we can't. Sorry. Wish we could. Okay, so also today. Oh man. Other other news that we are excited about uh, here in the Dallas Metroplex is we are going to have a rally tonight in downtown Dallas that's going to bring people together with love and happiness and the feeling of freedom here in Dallas. Now, Dallas police... And even the mayor, who, I'm not real crazy about Rawlings, but he's even said, you know, the police, we're not going to put up with it. And we'll see. We'll see. The rally in Boston, I think, was planned for at least weeks ago, five or six weeks ago. So it's not really, it has now become part of the protest world, but it was planned a long time ago. So... Uh, but then we have one in Houston. That'll be great. That'll be great. Um, so uh, good luck. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some fun in Texas tonight. Uh, big fun in Texas tonight with the protests. And you know what? Let's take them all down. Take them all down. Put them in a big pile. Just leave a big pile. Put them out in the middle of Kansas. Just stack them up. Don't even don't stack them where you can see exactly what they are. Just pile them up in a pile of rubble. With the sign, this was all the Confederate monuments around the country in one place. 
the Confederacy, those treasonous bastards tried to break away from the United States of America. At one point, people revered them. We now put them in a pile of rubble. I, I, mean, I guess I would go see it. <laughs> Turn it into a tourist attraction. I guess I would go see it. The rubble of the Confederacy. I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome. No? You don't want to do that? It's going to do, listen, don't. They're already changing names of schools. And the, the story a month or so ago, right, in Washington or Oregon where they changed the schools because the last name of the school was Lynch, Lynch Elementary and Lynch Middle School. And they took those, they changed the names of those schools because people, Lynch, Lynch, it brought up horrible memories of my ancestors who were lynched. What? The person who donated the land and gave money to the county and the city was last name's Lynch. It had nothing to do. Get over yourself. Some cities are already doing a preemptive strike, and I guess good for them. They're doing a preemptive strike of, of they don't want you know the protests and the rally, so they're already, uh, A, like Baltimore, they just take them down. Lights out. Take down all the protests at nighttime. Get rid of them. Wasn't there a, nope. But I remember seeing the guy on the horse there yesterday. Nope, never lived, never was there. Don't know what you're talking about. But other cities are saying, hey, look, we've got, uh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Lee Elementary School. And we've got uh, Lynch Elementary School. <gasps> And we've got other racist school names. We're already taking that under advisement, and we're going to have that. We're just going to be brought up at the next city council meeting, and we're going to, you know, we'll see what what happened. Okay, so they don't want the trouble. Look, don't. There's no reason to protest here. We're already on it. Don't protest in our cities. We're already on it. Okay, please, please. Good news in the headlines though this week. Uh, James Bond Daniel Craig said he's going to do another one they must have paid him 18 billion dollars they kept going back to him no I don't want to be James Bond come on be James Bond no I don't want to be James Bond no, we'll give you 18 billion dollars alright I'll be James Bond one more time I mean I'm willing to be James Bond for 18 billion uh, that's uh, you know what I'll do it for nine. I know it's big of me, but I'll I'll do it for uh I'll be the James Bond for nine billion. Whatever you're paying, whatever you're paying, uh, James. Uh, I'll do it for half. What do you think? Huh? Come on now. You know it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do. Good news uh, from Chuck E. Cheese too. Well, it's kind of good news and kind of sad news. They're breaking up the band. Chuck E. Cheese is breaking up the band. Now, if you have never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, are you from America? Uh, you know, up on stage they have the the rap band. Now, I didn't say rap; I said rat. The rap band. Uh, they're disbanding that. You know, they'd come out and do songs and dance, and they've got the 
uh, call it robotics, but it, you know, in today's world, it's not really robotics. Uh, so, uh, but they're disbanding it. I guess Chuck E. Cheese says that uh, kids today, it doesn't really work for them. You think? I mean, I had a little problem. Look, Chuck E. Cheese is a fine place. You go there, you know what you're getting. You go there, you eat, you eat some pizza that's kind of okay. You listen to the rat band. Uh, once an hour, some kid dresses up as Chuck E. Cheese. The rat comes out, gives everybody hugs, dances around, goes back inside. Then you run around, and the kids run around and play, and you go over and play games and win tickets, and you have to win 18,000 tickets to get one pencil. You can pick out, but it's kind of cool. The kids get to spend their tickets and get their little prizes. And the good thing that Chuck E. Cheese does do, though, that's pretty impressive, and they've done it for a long time. I don't know if they've done it from the beginning or not, but certainly for the last 10 or 15 years, uh, where you go in and you with your kids and you get a stamp, the same stamp as your kid, and your kid cannot leave unless the adult that they're with has the same stamp. I love that. I mean, that's a pretty smooth move because you, you just want to go into Chuck E. Cheese and let the kids run wild, right? You don't want to pay attention to your kids once you're in Chuck E. Cheese. You're like, holy crap. I'm either going to sit here and eat pizza and drink soda or I'm going to go over and, you know, play the bowling game and try to win tickets. <laughs> I shot 24 basketballs in the little basketball hoop. I won three tickets. Yay! You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. All right, so our man Alex Jones, he's really struggling these days. He wants people to pay attention to him desperately. So... The video was uh, trending yesterday of him uh, on the streets of Seattle, hollering at people, trying to, uh, he has, it was like a 14-minute Twitter video that he posted. And the first part of the video, he actually starts to make sense. And I don't know if the medication hadn't kicked in or if the medication was still already kicking in but not quite, or if he hadn't taken his medication at all. And he was still okay until he reached a certain point. Because the first couple minutes of the video, he kind of makes sense. And then somebody walks by and says, hey, F you. And that set him off into a rage. I mean, he chased the guy down on the streets of Seattle. Okay? And he hollers, chases him down. Anyways. Cowards want to get in people's faces. Yeah, that's going, brother. Somebody on the street. I'll have Texas. Go ahead. Just trying to expose the shit going on here. Yeah. We're trying to plunge the stock market. They're flooding us with jihadis. We're trying to take our country back. TPP just seized control of our country. Trump killed it. And the CIA is saying they're about to kill him on TV. And these little trendy cowards 
want to tell people like me, F off, but then don't want to actually talk to my face. Let's go. God bless you, brother. <laughs> See what I mean? And off he goes down the street. All right? Off he goes down the street. Now, he runs into a guy that throws coffee on him that they made a big deal on. This is the guy that I think makes you believe that the video is not real. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, JeffyMRA. And, of course, you can uh, go to theblaze.com and uh, go to the channels and click on Jeffy Fisher and follow me there as well. Please. Follow everywhere. Now, before we uh, went away at the bottom of the hour for a few moments to... uh, Pay the bills. Um, we were talking about Alex Jones and how he's he's got to be desperate, right? He's got to be desperate. And you watch the video, and uh, no one complained. One of the some of the tweets were asking the Seattle police if they've checked into it, and they said there was no complaint. So they, you know, and the one police tweet said, "Well, it could be an actor pretending to be Alex Jones." Right. Thank you, Seattle police. Was not an actor. <laughs> Shut up. But he's on the streets of Seattle, and he starts off. I mean, the first, really, the first minute or so, he was actually making sense, and I thought, well, I kind of agree with what he was talking about. And then, off the rails. One person walks by, f off, and he's chasing him down the street, running. And you can hear in the audio clip, he had just got done running down the street, hollering at this guy, and he turns around to go back. I guess to the corner that they decided they were going to record from. Right? So he, he turns around. That's he's still <gasps> from running after the guy. Anyways, it's cowards want to get in people's faces. Yeah, how's it going, brother? Good. Just trying to expose the going on here. We're trying to plunge the stock market. They're flooding us with jihadis. We're trying to take our country back. TPP just seized control of our country. Trump killed it. Right. And the CIA is saying they're about to kill Wait, him on Trump TV. It? No, he didn't. And these little trendy cowards want to tell people like me, F off, but then don't want to actually talk to my face. Let's go. God bless you, brother. Hey, <laughs> dear Alex, Trump did not kill it. Just so, just so we're clear, okay? He may have made an enhanced better deal because of his great negotiating skills. But it's still, uh, he did not kill it. Uh, then he runs into some other guy that pours coffee on him. And that's when you start to think the whole thing is made up. Because it just didn't seem real. It just didn't seem real. I didn't make it through the entire 15 minutes. Perhaps I should have. After Coffee Boy, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. That's why you're only getting one clip of Alex breathing heavy after chasing the guy down. Because, oh, that's good. I can't take it can't but then you find the there were tweets with stories of a guy called the ringmaster jake stratton who was the guy that ran into him and threw coffee on him uh really yes so and he's known according to city arts in seattle 
He's known as <laughs> Seattle's P.T. Barnum. <laughs> so the whole Alex Jones thing is a farce. Just a farce. It ain't real. Although it's fun listening to him. Uh, breathing heavy, running people down the street. F off! Uh, F you! Why don't you die? And then he race, chases him across the street, hollers at him. It's, it's pretty good stuff. If you enjoy Dingleberry Alex Jones doing what Alex Jones does. But it also says he's really struggling. He, maybe he's struggling mentally. Uh, it's been a tough year for him. Maybe Maybe the network isn't quite doing as well as it was at one time. People are aware that he's hawking supplements that they can get cheaper, a lot cheaper other places and that really aren't true. (laughs) I mean, so he could be struggling financially. So he's got to try to do stuff that will get people talking about him. And it worked for me today because I'm talking about him, but I'm also concerned about him. Um, he went out of his way with uh, Milo Yipanopoulos or whatever his name is. Uh, went out of his way with Milo to get Glenn to talk about him. I mean, they just they ripped Glenn. They made fun of him. They ripped both of them ripped back and forth. I mean, begging. And well, you know, it didn't seem real. It wasn't real. It was just more like we're we're gonna rip, and so they talk about us. I mean, bad. Alex, I'm concerned about you, buddy. Get some help. Seriously, and if if you haven't taken your meds, take them. And if you're taking too much of them, cut back. All right, go back to the dock and change the dosage. Okay? Get help, man. Get help. Because some people care about you. I'm not sure who those are. Because, you know, the wife is through with you. <laughs> I guess the employees care about you. For a paycheck. That's it. I mean, I'm sure that they're your friends. Mm-hmm. Good news, though, coming from uh, from our institutions, our institutions of higher learning. Because, uh, look, it's not enough that we're able to say how bad uh, racism is. We need, uh, we need safe spaces at our universities. We need to be able to, everyone go to university and it be free. We need to provide everyone with a, a higher learning education. What we need more of is people finding ways to divide us on college campuses. Right? Right. Just like Carla Erickson. Carla is a self-described feminist ethnographer, right? Is that how you say it? Ethnographer? Ethnographer? Hey, whatever, same thing. Ethno, ethno. Don't, don't look at me like that with your, little, with your little, why can't you pronounce the words right? Don't look at me like that. You're pissing me off now. Feminist ethnographer. <laughs> You know, look, she studies people, okay? You call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it ethnographer. You can call it ethnographer. She studies people, or so she claims. But she's going to provide a course in Iowa at the uh, 
great Grinnell College. Who doesn't want to get a degree from Grinnell College? And if you have, you know, good for you. Uh, she's going to uh, provide a, a class on uh, whiteness. Yes. She's going to explore whiteness as a specific racial formation with a distinct history, provocative and defensive politics, and institutional and personal investments. American whiteness. I mean, that could be a Netflix show. I'll give you that. Maybe an Amazon show. American whiteness tonight. Now, they couldn't find a copy of how she's going to teach or what she's going to teach uh, during this class, but they did find one uh, from a course in 2015. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, It's going to just criticize the idea of white people in general. I can't wait. I'm so sick of being a white guy. I really am. I'm sick of being the... I'm sick of being a white guy. It's going to facilitate a personal journey towards a better understanding of how whiteness functions in a racist nation. Therefore, sincere attempts at working through whiteness will be rewarded. Yay! Yay! Now, there's no word if you go to Grinnell College that you're ever going to you know, learn anything useful about, uh, you know, maybe getting a job or, you know, getting a degree in something that will help you, but good luck, good luck getting a job here in America. Did you, I see you've got a bachelor's degree. It doesn't say what you have a bachelor's degree in. I have a bachelor's degree in American whiteness. Oh, okay. Well, white on. My new, that's, that's what we should white on, right? Hate white people. Oh, we got, we've got to find that. We've got to find that uh, the clip from uh, what's his face from the Black Panthers. I hate all white people. I hate all crackers. Yes, we're finding that. We're playing that next. But oh, oh, okay, Mister Mister Big Shot, Mister Big Shot. Okay, fine. Well, I found the the pronunciation of the word for you to prove that you were wrong, idiot. Go ahead. Ethnography. Well, first of all, it's eth- ethnography. No, it's a, she's an eth- ethnographer, right? And eth- it's not ethno. It's what she does, right? Ethnography. Are- Seriously, why are you employed at this place? I. It's it's an ethnographer. Ethnography. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. All right, whiteness, whiteness, teaching the feminist ethographer, 
ethnographer. I got it. Shut up. <laughs> I won't be able to say it right ever. Ever. I won't be able to do it now. Sorry. But she's teaching a, a special class called American Whiteness. Carla Erickson. Professor Carla Erickson. Called American Whiteness. And she's going to start each class with King Shamir Shabazz. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. Welcome to American Whiteness. Today we'll be stuttering. We'll be stuttering. Is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be stuttering through the class. And I'll be telling you exactly how much I hate white people. I hate all white people. I mean, I, I King, my main man. King. Is that all? Is that the only clip? That, just that little bit? Because he goes on and talks about coming up. Talks about uh, white cracker babies, and it's it, the whole clip is really good. I mean, if we can get that before, I mean, I know we've only got three minutes, but if if we can find the rest of that clip, because after he gets done saying this. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker. I hate him. That was in Philadelphia. Uh, in front of a voting uh, a voting area. I forget what election it was. I mean, you talk about, you know what? I'm going to go vote somewhere else. Or, you know, not today. <laughs> I was going to go in there and vote, but you know what? Not today. Come on, honey. Let's go down and vote. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. You know, we could probably go vote later. We don't necessarily need to be around now. We'll wait till King Shamir Shabazz uh, takes a break. We'll wait for that. Otherwise, we're going to be listening to him and Professor Carla Erickson, American Whiteness. Hello, my name is Professor Carla Erickson. Thank you for coming to American Whiteness. First, I'd like to start out by saying this. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. Thank you. I want you to realize all of you are here that are white. You should hate yourselves. And you suck. You suck, okay? Can't take it. Drives me insane. Did we find the rest of that clip from King Shabir Shabazz? Shamir Shamal? All right. All right, that's fine. I, there's, we'll move on from American whiteness because I'm just going to get angry. And, and, and then I'm going to get angry because King, King, I'm going to keep hearing King saying this to me. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. See? And then I get mad. And then I get mad because it drives me insane. So we'll just move on. We'll move on to my favorite tweet of the week uh, from David Crosby. You remember David Crosby? Crosby, Stills, and Nash. The Birds in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with both of those bands. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young and the Birds. Uh, when asked uh, on his Twitter account, at... David Crosby, Ted Nugent recently said political correctness is keeping him out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you agree? David Crosby replied, no, 
the a-hole just isn't good enough. That's my favorite real tweet of the week. And my favorite fake tweet of the week uh, comes from Hillary Clinton. Although I doubt that it's from Hillary Clinton. That's why I'm calling it a fake tweet. It says Hillary Clinton on the Twitter account. Okay. But I'm guessing that it's not from her. Because it, the tweet is, I've known Debbie Wasserman Schultz for years and consider her a good friend. Her impending suspicious suicide will weigh heavy on me. <laughs> Come on now. I don't care who you are. That's funny. No, it's not, Jeff. It's not funny at all. You're talking about the Clintons and those murders that aren't real and now you're talking about Debbie Wasserman Schultz committing suicide. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. That is. Yes, it is. It's damn funny. It's a fake tweet. Go ahead and laugh, white person. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm coming, I'm coming. Ah, I'm down. I'm flustered today. This new studio, I've got this new little desk thing going on. I've got, look, this is how frustrating my life is right now, okay? Yesterday, I said, that's it. I, I'm like the fattest man on the planet. Got to stop. I got to go back to simpletolose.com. I've got to go back to my Metafast plan. I've got to lose weight again. I've got to stop gaining weight. I've got to stop ballooning out. I don't want to go on my 600 pound life. Not really. I don't want to go see Dr. Last name starts with a K. I don't want to go see him in Houston. Okay. I don't want to hang around other 600-pound people. Well, I mean, I don't care about that, really, to be honest with you. That doesn't bother me. But I just don't want to be that person. So I I, I always got to be good. Stop eating crap. I've got to eat right. Get back on the plan. Okay? I, I, then I did. Felt good. I came in today strong, looking forward. And when I figured I'd have a strong weekend of eating right and being good and strong weekend of that and then plowing through into the week so that I could get here and not have to struggle and just be good to go. Because once you once you get a couple days under your belt, you're good and strong. Don't look at me like that. 
Don't look like that. Yes, eating right, uh, lose some weight. Feel. Why are you? Why are you laughing? So then I come in today. This is the struggles I have in my life. I come in today. There's a box of these beautiful donuts that are made with love from some human being. That are made with beautiful frosting and glaze, and they're big and they're. How can I survive? I mean, I said no. I have, up to this point, I have said no. I walk out of the room for a couple minutes there at the top of the hour while you're getting your news from the from the network. I come back. They're sitting on the counter in this room. I hate all white people. Every I out of a cracker I hate. Are you kidding me? Get them out of here. Why? Why are you doing this to me? I even said earlier, I can't. No. I can't. I got, I'm on my, I got on a strong, I'm on a mental thing. I got to get this thing right. I got to get back on track. I got I to gotta start feeling, I got to stop feeling like I'm the fattest man on the planet. Oh, I'll just leave this box of donuts here on the desk right in front of you when he's gone. So when he comes back, he'll have to say yes. Why? Okay, one today there, Chris. Uh, you get you're, you're you're pissing me off with the whole pronunciation thing. All right, two. You've left your little box of donuts in here. Then go ahead. Let's, let's tempt you. Let's see how you how you make it, fat man. Let's put these beautiful donuts right here next to you, and see if you can say no. Three strikes, you're out. <laughs> Three strikes, man. You are gone. I can't take it. <laughs> but I have said no. I'm strong. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm, I'm still. I'm, I'm just under 800 pounds. It feels like, but I'm feeling good. Dr. K in Houston, I'm with you. Cut the calories. Now, his big deal is he doesn't even care about what food you eat to begin with. He's just like, cut your calories. Live on 1,300 calories a day. Doesn't matter. Now, 1,300 calories is like a donut and a half. I can't live on just a donut and a half during the day. And that's what happens. See, then that's what happens. And I see the box of donuts. I go, oh, well, you know, I'll just have one. Because they look so good. And just one. One's not going to kill you. Right? I already had my Metafest bar. Water. One donut's not going to kill you. It's not the one donut. The one donut doesn't kill you. It's the feeling of, well, I had a donut, so I might as well just have this burger and fries, too. And I had a donut, so why? Yes, I'll take a chocolate shake. You can't know. I can't. I just can't. So, <laughs> there's a story this week on a product called Movie Pass. Why I did not know this existed, I have no idea. Now, the story is that they're making it cheaper 
Okay, they want to make it cheaper. They've sold some to uh, sold some to some investors. Uh, Mitch Low uh, has the company that he wants to lower the price on Movie Pass. Now Low, I mean, he's really struggling in his life. Early investor in Netflix, and uh, you know, was the CEO of a Redbox. So I mean, there's a couple of I mean, those businesses suck, right? <laughs> wow, are you dumb? <laughs> okay, so and he's it's, you know, so the movie pass has been out since 2011, and that was like 50 bucks a year. So for 50 bucks a year, I can go to any movie I want as much as I want. Uh, okay, 50 bucks a year. I get to go, and they have obviously they have some restrictions, you know. Like you can't, you can see a movie a day, and you can't see the same movie twice, something like that. Some of these restrictions. Okay, I spend fifty bucks taking my kids to a movie. You can't walk into a movie theater without dropping fifty bucks. Well, at least I mean twenty. <laughs> and 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 you can't. Maybe they ought to work out a deal. <laughs> Crazy bastard. Then you know. Like you get one free soda or something because it's not the tickets. I know they make a big deal out of the ticket prices are have gone up dramatically in the past 10 years. And it's a, you know what's gone up is the food. On top of which, now, now they don't have the little thing over to the side. Now you walk in and they've got, hello, a giant popcorn machine and ice cream and sodas and food. And it's all only a million dollars. And it's right there in front of you. And guess what? You've got to have, I mean, you have to be in the right frame of mind not to buy any of that food. And every kid in America is not in the right frame of mind. You you as an adult may be in the right frame of mind. Bring your children. They are not in the right frame of mind. So, I mean, it's almost a punishment to them. We're going to the movies and you're not getting anything. You're going to stick this water in your pocket and we're walking into the theater. Shut up. But, Daddy, all I wanted is a little popcorn and some Skittles and a soda. Shut up. We're going to the movies. Uh, so, you go to the movies and you spend 10 bucks a ticket. And then a box of Skittles is 8 bucks. It's actually probably like five bucks. I don't even know what it is anymore because I just give them the card. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You know, if you purchase an extra, an, a large extra soda on that, you get 10% off. Whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, the kids just want a box of popcorn immediately. Well, you know, if you get an extra large, we'll throw in a small soda. Okay, whatever. I'll only be $800. We saved you $250. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Whatever, just go to the movie. Then they have the movie theaters that you order food at, that you go in and sit down. The one thing that they do do at those theaters that I do love is your reserve seat. You don't have to get there early. You have a place to sit. So you get there in time for the movie, and your seat, that's your seat. I love that. I love that. However, another example of we'll go to the movies, 12 bucks a seat. No problem. Go to the movies. Sit down. Oh, yes, I'd like a, a, that pizza. And I'd like the chocolate shake and maybe the fries and some onion rings. And then uh, and then bring me uh, some frozen hot chocolate at the end. 
Uh, it'll be $925. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, the movie. The movie's only $12 to see. Yeah, I know. But then you've got, you know, Lizzie bringing you food throughout the whole thing that costs another. Just put it on the card. It's all just want this all together. No, I want that guy over there to pay for it. That's what I want. So, if I can't watch the new movies at my home, which I believe I should be able to, uh, I hope that uh, Mitch Lowe, uh, former Netflix, former uh, Redbox, now of MoviePass, how about you work on this where you get the movies to be streamed to my home, new movies. How about that? I have been talking about it for years. I heard some talk from one of the one of the big wigs uh, from cable or movies or whoever talking about it. And they're talking, well, it probably wouldn't work because we'd have to charge more money. It would work. I'm going to the movies now spending $150 to see a damn movie with the, so I can have onion rings and a fries throughout the movie. But don't forget about the caramelized chocolate shake along with the frozen hot chocolate. Okay. I won't. You know, the pizzas smelled really good down the row. Why don't you get one of those, too? Okay. All right. Whatever. So, you just want to put it on one card? No. I want you to break it up into five cards. So, if they're going to charge me 40 bucks, 50 bucks, do it at the house? If the movie theaters are all wound up about it, give them a week. One week, brand spanking new movie, grand opening at the theaters, you get one week. One week. Or seven days or ten days or whatever it is. And then after that, open the floodgates. I get to watch it at my home for 30 bucks or 40 bucks if I want. If I don't want to go see it at the theater for $12 plus $850 worth of food. What do you think? However... Movie pass. Why didn't I? I mean, for fifty bucks a month, fifty bucks a, a year, right? That wasn't a month, right? It was. It's ten bucks a year, two nine ninety five. Subscriptions. They want the. Uh, start a movie pass. Plans to drop the price. Subscriptions to nine ninety five. The fee will let customers get into one showing every day at any theater in the U.S. that accepts debit cards. I wonder if they accept debit cards. Trust me, every theater I go to accepts debit cards because that's how they get paid their $950 for the pizza and the onion rings. Movie Pass will pay the price. Does movie theaters struggle? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a year, right? It's not. It's not. Uh, $995 a month uh, was 50 a month. Okay. So now you're talking, I mean, that's a little money. But, I mean, you go see what, two movies a weekend? That's worth it. I mean, you've made your money back. Well worth it. And maybe you go see one at night during the week. At one time, I, I mean, I was a big time movie goer like that. I haven't been anymore because I spend $3 million on cable and streaming apps to watch in- entertainment at my home. But I spent ten bucks a month 
That's a good deal, ten bucks a month, because then you you only have to see what a movie a weekend, make your money back. I mean, you know, that's a good deal. Make it here. Hey, Mitch, here's an idea for you. <laughs> Look, there's no off switch on Genius. You know that, and I, I can't turn it off. But maybe you make it fifteen or twenty bucks a month, and you provide them with a soda, right? A refill soda, movie pass. You get the movie pass. The, the movie pass. Uh, what do they call those? Um, the Yetis, the movie past Yeti, right? Come on now. I, uh, I know, I know. Look, Mitch, you're welcome. This is the Jeff Fisher show on the blaze radio network. Jeff Fisher Show. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy MRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram Jeffy MRA, and uh, go to theblaze.com and go to the channels and click on Jeffy Fisher and you can follow me there. Uh, Lawrence Jones. Uh, his broadcast comes up immediately after this one, noon to 3 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs round out your Saturday broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And then, of course, Sunday you've got, uh, oh my, Jackie Daly, David Barton, uh, Bill Handel, Yarn Brooks. I mean, and then Monday through Friday you've got Doc Thompson who uh, someone dropped off a painting of Doc Thompson that's staring at me in the studio right now. And it isn't really frightening. Some people have said it looks like JFK. I think it's more Vincent Pricey. Uh, it's signed by the artist who I can't make out from here who the artist is. Uh, you know, I'm sure Doc likes it. And then you've got the Glenn Beck, uh, Michael Pelka, Chris Salcedo, Patton Stu, Buck Sexton. I mean, there really is no reason at all for you to go anywhere else than theblaze.com slash radio. You're welcome. So anyway, movie pass. We were on the movie passes, and I wanted to, you know, I just want to be able to watch it at my home. Really, that's all I want. I want to be able to watch it at my home, and I want the cable companies to provide a, a way that I can, if, I'm, if I have someone who has the same cable company, and I see a show that I want someone to watch, I should be able to send an alert to that person and say, hey, watch this show. And so when you open up your cable box, the alert comes on and says, you've got a message from box number A, B, 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 dash, 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 Fisher. And you can either accept it or deny it. And if I accept it, it tells me, hey, watch this show. And I can either accept it or deny that. I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to watch the new shows at my home. That's all. That's all I want to do. And that may be a reason why uh, Amazon... Uh, now uh, is protected to be well over cable and satellite providers uh, soon. I mean, they're at like uh, 79 million now, and you've got, what, 90 million U.S. households? 
Netflix uh, surpasses all the major cable providers in the U.S. already. All the major cable providers have about 48 million, almost 49 million. Netflix has over 50 million. I mean, and then worldwide, Netflix, what, 100 million? That's a pretty good business. And Amazon Prime, that's a pretty good business. And what are they doing, Amazon Prime and Netflix? They take all the good people and they just throw money at them and say, hey, be creative for us. Be creative for us. And all the creative people go, okay. (laughs) I can be creative over here for $2 million. I can be creative over here for $10 million. Which one will I take? Which one will I take? I mean, I really like being over here with the $2 million people, but I think I'm going to like it a lot more over here with the $10 million people. So, see you later, $2 million people. Pretty soon, they're not going to be $2 million people anymore. They're going to be $0 people. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking you home. Little dance music for you on a Saturday morning. Hot that up. Keep it going. Let's go. Thank you. Yeah. Come on. Think about it. I hate all white people. I every I own of a cracker. Thank you, King. Ugh. All right. It is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you wish to participate. You know... I don't know about you, but there have been, I've held some jobs that I did not like at all, Sam, I am. And I held them for a short period of time. And because I needed to, I don't know, eat. And I needed to, I don't know, keep a roof over my head. I didn't want to be homeless. I wanted to have some kind of food, some kind of roof over my head. And so I got a job. I've told this story before. I mean, I went to the unemployment office once in my life. And I remember going in there and going to the back and filling out the paperwork and looking at their computers. And I know it's done differently now. This was a thousand years ago. But, and I remember looking for the jobs and writing down, you know, what I could do and what I was doing. And turning around, there was this four or five lines of people waiting to talk to these people at the unemployment office. I'm like, I'm just going to get a job the hell is I can't take this place and I did so I mean I just it's hard for me to believe that you just if you find a place that's less than desirable you don't just move on but according to this study uh, 3,066 U.S. workers, a study by the Rand Corporation, Harvard Medical School and the University of California in Los Angeles nearly one in five workers Say they face a hostile or threatening environment at work. Can you believe that? Can you believe that people get threatened at work? I mean, if people would just do their jobs, they wouldn't get threatened. 
It's real simple. If people wouldn't leave boxes of donuts sitting around when the fat man said don't do it, they wouldn't have their jobs threatened. It's real easy. Now, that includes, of course, sexual harassment and bullying. (laughs) All right. Workers who have to face customers endure a disproportionate share of abuse. Really? Isn't that part of customer service? Of course, some customers you get treated like crap. That's what it is. There's also customers that treat you nice. And you're happy on those days when your customer treats you nice. When I, I can, can't tell you the number of times, because it never happens, I can't tell you the number of times that you know people have said, oh, it's so nice to have someone say thank you and smile today. It's just been a rough day. A lot of people have been complaining. Yeah, I can understand that since that's your job. Nearly 55% say they face unpleasant and potentially hazardous conditions. Okay, well, unpleasant and hazardous are two different things. Unpleasant conditions? You don't like the way you've got to go to work. You don't like where you work at. You move on. Hazardous conditions? I mean, hopefully you're getting paid a hazard pay. Uh. One job I had was running a jackhammer, knocking down brick walls eight hours a day. That job sucked. And it was also hazardous as I was climbing up on scaffolding and pulling up that damn 60 to 80 pound jackhammer. Hated that job all day long. Knocking down brick wall. Hated that job. The guy that gave me the job, though, was a great guy. Owned the construction company from Alabama. He, I loved him, and he was a really nice man, and he took care of me. And I, and I mean that with all my heart. He was good. He saved me because I was I was broke, and I needed a job, and I needed. And he gave me a job, and he fronted me some money to get work boots and a helmet, and he and so I worked for him longer than I probably would have had it been anyone else. Because uh, he he gave me the job at the construction. And we I, that's what I did. I ran a jackhammer and knocked down walls. They were redoing a whole complex of buildings and uh his you know his company had the bid he was a really nice man and if i could remember his name i would tell you but i can't (laughs) but at the time he saved me at the time he saved me and and but i knew at the time about a month in (laughs) four floors up on scaffolding knocking down walls and then moving scaffolding and then carrying jackhammers around about a month in i was like you know what this ain't going to be around much longer okay because it's unpleasant and potentially hazardous okay i mean i'll never forget when it was raining and cold one morning and the guy came to pick me up because i didn't have a car here to pick me up to go to the job and he banging on my door at my one bedroom apartment on madeira beach florida Hurry up. We're late. You're late. Because <laughs> I'm going back to bed. <laughs> no, that job is over for me. I'll drop off the helmet uh, and uh, the paperwork uh, another time. But it ain't happening now. Take care. Have a nice day. And then I amazingly found, went and found another job. But I had a couple extra bucks in my pocket to be safe. For a couple weeks, because I didn't want to do the unpleasant and potentially hazardous job anymore. 
That jackhammer sucked. I remember the guy I worked with. He was a big time, uh, big time biker guy. He was, I mean, he was funny. He was really funny, and he was a good guy to know. And if I could remember his name, I'd tell you. That was the two. We just we we just worked and drank. That's what we did. Okay, names were unimportant at the time. You're working a. For, to get the job, you had for to get the job originally. You got to show up at five o'clock in the morning and get picked. Okay, so if you don't get picked, have a nice day. Take a hike. All right. So what happens is people quit. Right. So you go back every day until you get picked, and then you once you picked, the job is yours. You continue the job until they either say you suck and they fire you, or you quit. All right? I mean that's just the way they hired people at the time. And I remember. After the first day, they put me to work with some guy working up in the corner, tearing out, uh, tearing out uh, in- insulation and wires and some of the, the drop-down ceilings in this building. And just he, he was horrible, and we didn't get very much done because I, I wasn't sure what we were supposed to be doing. And I remember the, the oh, whatever his title was, but he was in charge of the, in charge of the work site. And he uh, came up to me and said, you work like that again? You work like that again, big boy. Tomorrow, I'm going to fire your ass. So I came in the next day, and he puts me to work with this older guy and three or four other people. We'll come to find out the older guy is the owner. Okay? And the owner's there from Alabama, and he's going to be there for a few days, and he's just working around, making, seeing what has to be done and checking it out. So I work with the owner. Of course, the owner falls in love with moi. And I mean, he, he, I, you know, I worked up, he gave me some money. He got, I got, you know, for new work boots because I was, you know, working in bougie old tennis shoes. And, you know, I mean, I needed a job. I needed to work. I needed to put food in my, <laughs> I was broke, man. I'm walking everywhere. I was broke. I, I needed that job. And so it was, he was very kind to me. But that, but the day job was, you know, if you don't show up, they pick somebody else that morning. <laughs> Not there by six. The crowd of people standing outside by the gate. Uh, you. <laughs> I've been here for three days, three days. Okay, come on. It took me two. First day I didn't get picked. I was so pissed. I remember standing there going, that's it. That's it for today. And I was like, but I'm here. <laughs> what are you? Nah, you come back tomorrow. I'm here now, though, can I? Come back tomorrow. Fine. And when I came in, he was, the, he was the guy in charge of the site. This big, he was a big white boy from Alabama. That lion, he was a big old, ah, right, big boy, come on. <laughs> I hate all white people. Every I owed him a cracker. Anyway, every job is 55% say they face unpleasant, potentially hazardous conditions. You know, but, Whatever. Nearly three quarters say they spend at least a fourth of their time on the job in intense or repetitive physical labor. Now, according to the one of the lead authors, Nicole Mastis, a Harvard Medical School economist, oh, I was surprised at how physically demanding jobs were. Were you? Were you, Miss Harvard? Oh, you mean those construction jobs? People actually work physical labor? Yeah. Yeah, they do, Miss Economist. 
You know, the economy that you look at every day and your little paperwork about those factory jobs and stuff. Yeah, those people are working. Physical labor. You know, the roads you drive on? Yeah, those were made from physical labor. Oh, I was surprised at how physically demanding jobs were. Thank you, Harvard Medical School economist. (laughs) Telecommuting is rare. 78% say they're required to be present in their workplace during working hours. That's changing pretty fast, though. Um, Especially if you become a person that nobody wants to see. (laughs) They're pretty easy at saying, you know, why don't you just work from home? Oh, okay. Good idea. So that's a little tip for me. Become the uh, become the person that nobody wants around. Do the job good, but just become the person nobody wants around. So they, you know, they want you to. Why don't you just work from home? Oh man, I wish I had thought of that. Thirty-eight percent say their jobs offer good prospects for advancement. That's probably even lower in today's world, man. Oof. Good luck. About half say they work on their own time to meet the demands of their job. I mean, really, that means that that's part of your job, right? You're, if you're on salary, that's your job. Just do your freaking job. Shut up. Is that harassment? <laughs> Is that bullying? Is that a threatening work environment? We appreciate you doing your job. Shut up. Be happy. Oh, I, be happy you have a job. I, I think I, that's one of my most hated phrases. If an employer were to ever say that to me personally, I would walk out right then. I, immediately. I, I would be happy you have a job here. You know what? No. <laughs> no. You be happy I work for you. Huh? Have a nice day. I freaking hate that. Now, there's plenty of there's been plenty of places that I've worked for where you've kind of, yeah, they have that feeling. And they, you feel like they feel like, be happy you have a job. Be happy we you work for us and we've employed you, but they never tell it to you. It is a belief of theirs and it's all an underlying between the lines kind of thing, but they don't actually say it. Because if they actually said it, more people would be, uh, no. Have a nice day. But since they just put it between the lines, people put up with it, which is kind of sad in itself, actually. In many cases, less educated workers endure toughing, tough, tougher working conditions. Less educated. Is that right, Harvard economist? I can't believe how physically demanding jobs were. Less educated workers endure tougher working conditions. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the economist from Harvard School of Law... 76% of men with college degrees uh, take a break whenever they want to. <laughs> 68% of men without degrees spend at least a fourth of their time moving heavy loads. Write your own jokes. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Earlier this week, we received news that uh, Martin Giles, probably the 
best newsman in America, passed away. He was 80 years old, Martin Giles. I worked with Martin for a lot of years in Tampa. And uh, he was uh, he was fantastic. And he taught me a couple of things. And my favorite thing that was learned by Martin Giles probably 20 years ago now uh, is that uh, we were coming back from a break and the news sounder was playing. And I looked up and the newsroom was where I was and then there was a talk studio and then there was the newsroom. So it was like three three windows down. But you could see the whole newsroom. And you saw, and here comes Martin through the doorway walking. And it's a long newsroom. So he's just walking up to the news booth. And I'm talking in the in the talk back. Let's go, news out around, let's go. And Martin is not walking at all. I mean, he's just, I mean, not hurrying at all. And he gets in the newsroom, turns on his mark. You know, Martin Giles, News Radio 970 WFLA, and he throws it to the traffic, and then he shuts his mic off, and he goes, I never run to the microphone. You run to the microphone, you get here winded. People would rather hear professional once I turn on the microphone. And he turns his mic back on and does the news. I love the man. I love the man. I never run to the microphone. <laughs> I love Martin Giles, and I'm very sad that he died. Uh, he was he was an amazing man. He also did a great story. How much time do I have here? I'd love to tell my... I can't tell the Bubba the Love Sponge story. Gosh darn it. But Martin Giles was the start of my Bubba the Love Sponge fight. And uh, someday I'll tell you that story. Pretty good one. But Martin Giles, 80, passed away this past week. Rest in peace, Martin. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I've come. I'm just reading a story that uh, proves that it's not my fault. I knew it. All right, so I was told uh, in the break that a certain microphone off to my right is the best microphone in the studio. All right, so we're going to test, and I'll take the little condom off of this one. All right, so the one I've been using is this microphone right here. Right? American whiteness. Now, this one is the one that, this one over here says, it says it's a better mic. American whiteness. Ooh, I like the way that's processed better. You're right. Why am I using this piece of crap? What is this? Why am I using this? This is like, it's new and shiny. Sometimes new and shiny isn't better. 
Other times, old and gray is better. I'm going to use this mic. What the heck? Okay, now i got to move everything out of the way with these damn new desks. And this. I'm gonna, there's going to be crap falling here, so be ready. Don't touch anything. I'm going to sit over here a little bit easier. I guess I could sit over here and just reach. Hey, how's the processing on this mic? Wait a minute. What about this mic here? There's a third mic, which is there's a third mic, which is number one. Jeffrey Bell. All right. Hello, American whiteness. Ooh, that even sounds better. American whiteness. American whiteness. Wow. American whiteness. I hate all white people. American whiteness. I hate all white people. Ooh, I like the way that sounds. American whiteness. I hate all white people. That one doesn't sound too bad. Not, not as good as this one, though. Even What about even with the condom? Hold on. I hate all white people. Does it miss? It misses something with the condom, though. <clears throat> all right. Oh, this doesn't have control, right? This that's what this one doesn't have the control. So, if we oh, let's do stereo. This one has control. Oh, they're all on. Nice. Hold on. <laughs> do we get any echoing with them all on? Hello, American whiteness. I hate all white people. I like the way that sounds. All right, let's leave them all three on. I like that. Let's set this one back a little bit over here oh where's the camera when you need it i like this look whoa oh shoot i just spilled my soda <laughs> on the new stuff oh man he's gonna be pissed he's gonna be so mad <laughs> so i gotta hate these arms are all over the place oh i'm sure you leave the mics on now that i spill stuff everywhere no you can leave them on leave them on just <laughs> holy <laughs> oh, i gotta wipe up coke zero everywhere <laughs> Oh, man. He's going to be so mad. (laughs) Look, it's not my fault. All right? It's not my fault. I was trying something new, checking processing on stories, and I spilled it on the story I was going to use, too. Oh, now it's on my computer. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. It's exactly right. Don't make me turn this station wagon around. Don't you have a board to run? <laughs> Out of here. All right, that's better, I think. Where did I put my soda? Because I'll kick it over again. Oh, here it is. Ooh, it's still ice cold, too. I just opened it. I didn't drink that much of it, though. There's a lot missing. It's a good thing that the, uh, the head guy, uh, Rob... Our chief engineer. He was here earlier, but he's not here now. <laughs> Don't tell him whatever you do. Don't tell him. The good thing about Coke Zero, though, I have learned. I have learned over the years about spilling into equipment. Not because of me spilling into equipment, by the way. That uh, 
it's the it's the liquids with sugar that kill the boards. Or like if you have coffee with cream and sugar in it and you spill it on a oh, doomed. It'll it'll eat through all the wires. You I mean you got to pull out the whole console. But if you just spill like Coke Zero or water, you can pull the consoles out and dry them off, and it won't eat through them and, and dissolve them, and you still should be able to use them for a little while. Um, but the, the Coke Zero is fine, too, because there's no sugar. <laughs> it's not bad. <clears throat> you know, one time, when Glenn Beck was just starting his network, when, it, when Glenn Beck was just starting his network, there was uh, we, we were on like 30 stations or something, and I used to drink coffee in the studio, and I had the coffee up above these delays, that there were delay boxes. Well, I didn't know that the delay boxes were actually running the network through the delay boxes back to the back to the satellites. So I spilled coffee one morning, and I spilled it, and it spills on the shelf. And if you want to talk about seeing things in slow motion, I watched the coffee go over this ledge and drop on these delay units that had lights on them. And I mean, the coffee was like. dark three delay units all the lights off dark fried out that's the way you shut down a network man you can shut down 30 to 50 stations like that with a cup of coffee i didn't he just knew that something was going on in the other room i just told him keep talking (laughs) he shut up what's going on in there nothing don't worry about just keep talking everything's fine we are back on the air like a dead man. <laughs> so I know how to spill things in the studio. Don't kid yourself. And then there was, no, I won't tell you that story. I, did, I had a guy work for me that uh, was sick and barfed all over the board. Oh, man. I hated to fire him for that. <laughs> hated to fire him for that. But I mean, what are you going to do? You have to. All right, so anyway, in between, the, before I started... Which one? Am I using this one? All right. I don't like to use this one, though, because then I don't have control. And then it's going to throw out, like, this podcast is going to sound so much better. When you're listening to hour number three, you're going to say, oh, my gosh. Did, did Jeff just wake up to do a sexy commercial? Yes, he did. Thanks for listening. We're going to be talking food porn. I knew that it wasn't my fault. Okay. I just got done telling you that, uh, you know, teasing, you know, bring in, hold on. I got to fix it. Okay. There we go. Better. Amazing. These bars adjust up and down, back and forth, left and right. It's an amazing feature of the microphone stand. So. I've been struggling, and I told you that earlier about struggling. And then, uh, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of my employees that uh, works here for the show and helps with the show, and and usually does a pretty good job. But today is not that day. And uh, he brought in his donuts to just try. I, I'm in a good place, and he sets his damn donuts in here. I would, I'd be crazy. However, okay, you know what we live in? We live in in the obesogenic environment. That's what we live in, okay? How the food industry is conspiring to make me fat. That's fact. 
fact, we live in the obesogenic environment. Yeah, obesogenic environment. Now, you know why it's that way? Because we don't provide a set of rules to ensure easy and equitable access to healthy, affordable food. The evidence is mounting that some foods, particularly those high in fat, salt, and sugar, are not easy to resist. Amen. Food addiction actually shares common brain activity with alcohol addiction. These high-fat, high-sugar foods also tend to be cheap and readily available and strongly linked with chronic disease. Wait, what? This unhealthy food culture permeates society, something we have explored through research. Our Our current food environment sets us up for healthy food choice failure. Yet when we overeat and weight gain ensues, society is there to dole out blame and shame for our crime. Right? Right? Blame and shame for unhealthy behaviors occur because obesity is often framed as an issue of personal responsibility. Right? It's not my fault. We live in an obesogenic environment. It's not my fault. I'm, it's set up. Not easy to do. It's entrapment. It's what it is. It's entrapment of food. It's entrapment. The idea of committing the crime came from law enforcement officers rather than the defendant. Oh, man. Shut up. No, starting to tick me off here. All right. Food environment versus you. Let's reframe the food debate. Not everyone's going to fall victim to this environmental entrapment, but we have enough evidence to know that while people are aware of the dangers of overconsuming energy dense, nutrient poor foods, healthy eating is not easy. I mean, fact, duh. And so, what's the danger of overconsuming energy dense, nutrient poor foods? <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Obesogenic Environment Liver. (laughs) Our modern food environment is not reflective of current recommendations for good health or for protecting ourselves against diseases such as cancer. Nor is it supportive of health within populations that are most at risk, like children or those experiencing food insecurity. Tonight at 8 on the Blaze Television Network. Are you experiencing food insecurity? (laughs) Do you know you're living in an obesogenic environment? Can reframing the issue around environmental entrapment help to mobilize public support for healthier food environments? If nothing else, it may start a conversation about the quality of our food supply. We have more food than anywhere else in the world. We go in, I mean, it's, that's what makes America great. You go into any store, and there's a plethora of food. Hundreds, if not thousands of choices. It is personal responsibility. You decide. I like the way it sounds when it, I'm being entrapped. I like the way that sounds. I like the way that it's part of, look, the brain activity is alcohol addiction, too. 
And I believe I believe that. And I and I, of course, look, it's a food addiction, right? I mean, that's what it is, and it's it's you know, you some people. You know, you feel bad about eating the half gallon of ice cream. And you get so depressed and you shouldn't eat the half gallon of ice cream. No, I'm just going to gain weight. I'm getting fatter. And I shouldn't be eating the half gallon of ice cream. I'm so depressed. I'm going to eat some more ice cream. I mean, that's what happens. I got it. I know. That's how we live in an obesogenic environment. Are you going to stop having ice cream as my choice? Damn you if you think you're going to make that happen. No, you are not. You are not. I want to have that choice. Okay? Now, I realize that because it's my choice, and if you take personal responsibility, you get locked into the, if you gain weight, gluttony, sloth, the lack of willpower is all on you. You fat piece of garbage. We hate you. We know that you're living in your obesogenic environment. I'm a big fan of obesogenic environments, by the way. I've become now I've become a huge fan of it. I love the idea that now we're restructuring it so nothing is anyone's fault. It's not your fault. There is no personal responsibility. Am I a fan of saying, Yeah, it's not my fault? You're damn right I am. I want to believe that being me is not my fault. I want to believe that. I want to believe that it's because of the obesogenic environment that I'm 800 pounds. But guess what? It's not. It's the, man, I shouldn't have eaten that half gallon of ice cream. I'm so depressed. Now I'm going to get fatter. I'm so depressed. I'm going to eat more ice cream because I'm so depressed. And now I'm going to get fatter. Ah! Now I'm going to have more ice cream. I mean... That's the way it works. I know. I know that. So that's why I'm in a good place right now. And the next person that brings a box of donuts in this room will die. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and uh, Instagram JeffyMRA and theblaze.com slash channel. All right, so the eclipse is coming up on Monday. Originally, I can't believe my wife is so enamored with the eclipse. But she bought the filter for a camera, and she's ready. She talked about going up, you know, driving for hours to where the eclipse is coming over to go camping to see the eclipse. I mean, I, I guess I could be concerned about that now that I think about that. No, really, I'm driving to see the eclipse. Uh, but, so she, she buys a round of these eclipse filters and the glasses and stuff, and, and it comes, you know, I don't know, it, you know, Amazon box, of course, uh, I mean, it's almost like I ordered these glasses and they're going to, the clip glasses are going to come and they're at the front door. So not even, I didn't even think about them being fake, being anything. We opened up the box, we looked at them, we put them on, I put them on in the house and it's, you know, dark. It's like you're blind. So I take them off. I go outside 
immediately, okay, there's the sun. I put them on. I look directly at the sun. Not even, I mean, not a second thought. My kids are standing there. We're all just looking directly at the sun. And they work, thank God. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's the, I mean, the firing orb of fire in your in your face. Now, at any second, had they not worked, oh, these are the eclipse glasses. I look up, ah! And my retinas could have been burned. Not even think, I even think about that. So she orders some more, and I don't know why. I look. I stopped asking questions, and I know that she told me why she ordered the other, the other glasses. But if I ask why she ordered them now, she'll know that I wasn't listening the first time. Okay, so just go with. She ordered a second box, and she opened it up. We looked at them, but there was no need to try them because we already tried the first round. Now they're different. They're not as they're not as good, or they're not as sturdy. These these other ones are. I mean, they're like Ray Bans, man. They're great. These are some of come with the uh, some of the cardboard ones and stuff, you know. So they, you know, you got to fold them and stuff. And immediately, not long after that, we find out, you know, that they're selling wrong ones. They haven't been accredited yet, and so I mean, right off the bat, Amazon sends an email. Ah, oh, those aren't accredited. We've refunded your money. Go ahead and uh, we just. Dispose of those. Uh, no. Uh, no, we're going to test those out today. Right in the backyard. Kids! Retina burning time. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Rock. Thanks for listening. To rock. All right, looking for something to do this weekend? I've come. I guess there's a reptile show in town. I might take the kids to that. Hey, look at that great snake, huh? Can we get one? No. Hey, look at that iguana. Look how far they can jump. It can jump from the back of the couch to your lap. Scare the crap out of you. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's great. I'm not big on reptiles, although they're fun. To, you know, we might take them to the reptile. It's it's called Repticon. I might, <laughs> I'd have to take the kids to Repticon. However, this couple has come up with a great idea of something that you could start doing. Now, obviously, you know, the wedding crashers, you know, there have been movies about it, but this couple is doing this, the, the same thing. You don't necessarily crash the entire wedding. You just crash the reception. Go to the reception. Now, this couple uh, crashed a reception, and they partied all night long, and they just kept missing everyone. Everyone would ask the question, like, do you know who they are? Oh, they're a friend of the Okay. Everybody thought they were a friend of the others. And then they just left a note at the end of the night saying, uh, hey, um, sorry, we showed up uninvited, but, uh, you know, we just want to have some fun, and we danced. They danced with everybody. It wasn't like they were wrecking anything. They just danced and ate and, and drank for free. And they left a little <laughs> says, sorry. Uh, you know, everything. I hope everything goes well. Have fun. God bless. 
And now the wedding people actually want to meet him because they left a note. And they go, oh, that was a wonderful thing. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Thank you. And I was thinking, you know, that, that would be fun. Looking for something to do, just go to the reception. People, you know people are getting married. You see the wedding and you just, you don't have to go to the wedding. You might pull up and talk to somebody going to the wedding and say, hey, so Joan, right? Getting married. Oh, silly, it's Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mary. And uh, boy, uh, Mary is marrying Johnny, silly. Yeah, Mary and Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reception is right after. Well, yeah, we're going right over to the to the Lions Club. Okay. So it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Just something to do. You're looking for something to do out of the ordinary? Crash the reception. I mean, what's the worst can happen? They arrest you and you go to jail? No. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. What's the worst going to happen? They're going to kick you out. That's it. They're going to kick you out and you'll be... Good to go. Now, I've got some robot stories here. I've been trying to get to them. I don't know that I want to do them right away. The one robot story, you're going to say, man, what a bunch of weirdos. And I kind of agree. <laughs> but I like them. I like them because they are kind of weirdos. Right? You've got, uh, you've got the robot talk show host. <laughs> I mean... We may have to do that on this show. We may have to. Uh, I would like to try it, except that it's going to end up being better. And they're just going to say, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and just leave the robot? Fine. Hello. Welcome to the show. We'll be taking your calls at 888 it is a free call. You can call for free in the continental United States of America. But a talk show, I mean, a regular talk show host might be fun to watch. Might be fun to watch. And then there's the uh, there's the new robot sex toys. And, of course, those, those are the leading ones, right? They're the leading ones. So, I mean, the sex industry is leading the robot talk. And, I know that, you know, look, Amazon's got, what, 150,000 human employees and uh, over 100,000 robots now. I mean, when you watch the Amazon warehouses, it's amazing the footage of the Amazon warehouses that the robots are picking up and delivering things. Still need humans for now to move everything, to finish up the, finish up the process. But the robots bring it all together. It's, it's really fascinating. So is the sex industry actually leading the robotic no, maybe not. But it's still interesting, right? And, of course, you've got the sex dolls, and everybody wants the sex dolls, and they're so great. And, and you know, um, they're coming up with the robots that are, uh, you know, will be more human and want you to talk to them. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. The point of having a robot doll is so that you don't get that. If I wanted that, I'd be with a human but the real news story is that they're creating robot sex dolls for people who have lost their spouses. I, I mean, at first you want to say, nice. 
And then you think about it and you go, dad is living with the wife that he was married to for 30 years, only the wife is the robot now. So the kids come over and visit dad and a robot that looks like mom. I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, how's it going, dad? Great. <laughs> Never better. I'm sorry your mom died, but the new Marge is good. <laughs> okay. The new Marge is just fine. Uh, you know, you might want to give it to dad. You might want, dad, maybe you not, might not want to do that. Okay. You might not want to do that. And the other disturbing trend. The other disturbing trend. And look, I say disturbing trend. I just find it like, why? It's not, I mean, whatever floats your boat. You can quote me on that. It's a Jeff Fisher quote. Whatever floats your boat. Wait a second. All right, before we get to whatever floats your boat, and I'm sorry, I was like ADD completely out of control today. But the power strip in the new desk doesn't seem to be working. My battery is now low on my computer. I'm about ready to shut off. The ba- okay, well, the battery strip looks really good where it is, but it's not plugged in. <laughs> The battery is running low. <laughs> Plug in your PC. It is plugged in. I got. I've got stories on my computer. Don't close. Don't shut off. Wait a second. Hold on. All right. So is this on? They've got it taped. Got it taped, so it's supposed to be on. My light on for the plug? No. About ready to die, too, if I don't get some juice in here. So, got to plug it in somewhere. I don't care. I'm pulling, breaking it all apart. Got to plug it in somewhere. Does that one work? No. Oh, yeah, there you go. Good, thank you. Maybe the Coke Zero went onto that strip. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Possible the Coke Zero went on that strip. All right, so we've got power back in the left. All right, now we go back to whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. The new trend uh, going around America, and I, you know people get their nails done. All right, people get their nails done, and they get their nails done, and they and they, they fix them up. And some girls get the long nails, the fake nails put on. And do you know the fake nails when they're really long? You know those women don't really do housework. There's no way you do housework in those nails. You just don't. But now there are some nice nails that you get done for parties, and you look nice, and you you got them shined up, and they're you know they're not real real long. They're just ex you know kind of long. They look nice. Well, now the new trend. According to this, 
is uh, people are getting their nails painted and then having like one nail. And I guess you could have more, but this particular picture has one nail on each hand. Um, made up to look like a vagina. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on now. I, I saw this can't be real, right? It can't be. It is. It is. And you can continue on. <laughs> there are other things that people are doing to their nails as well. But the big the big trend is the vagina nails. You know, whatever floats your boat. But are you seriously, let's say, I'd say you go for a job interview. Hi. Hi, I'm here to get a new, how to get a job. Right. Nice nails. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Are we for real going to do this? I mean, I this right here. Tear down the statues. Tear down. I want all the statues torn down. I want the Confederate names off schools. I want the racist bastards' names off schools. I want it all torn down. I want it all of it. I hate all white people. I hate every I own of a cracker. If you're out and about, if you're out today in Dallas and Houston and Boston, if you're out protesting either against or for and you are wearing your new vagina nails, go home. Stop it. Stop it. It's time to give up. It's time to cash it in. Maybe that's what needs to happen. And I'll tell you another. This is another prediction on Jeff Fisher's part. I did predict this uh, on the uh, Glenn Beck program yesterday. And this is a prediction that will come true. Mark my words. Just like the national anthem, Kornheiser can take all the credit he wants, but moi. Money. The next thing to go, money. They've been fighting for that cashless society. That's how they're going to push it faster along by saying they want to get rid of those racist, hating, Confederate-loving bastards on the money, those slave owners on the money. I can't look at it. Get rid of it. And instead of putting, you know, the Doc Thompson portrait on my $1 bill, which... I'm not opposed to. I'd be worth it on my dollar bill looking at it, actually. But get rid of it. Just we don't need money anymore because it's 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 racist and it's dirty, it's nasty, and I want them all gone. Write it down. And write it down and don't chip your vagina nail while you're writing it down either. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. I hate all white people. Every eye out of a white person. Of a cracker. That's of a cracker, King. Okay, you know what? I've been hearing these promos all damn day, all damn week. All these people getting all wound up 
Because Trump didn't react soon enough. He didn't react harsh enough. Then he reacted too late. Then he reacted too soon. How come he reacted here fast and he didn't react soon enough here? He didn't actually come out and say that he hated KKK people, so he must love them. If you don't come out and say, denounce them from here to the end of time, every time they do something, you must come out and denounce them. Because if you don't, that means you love them and you stand behind them 100%. No, it doesn't. I don't get it. Stop it. It doesn't. Just because I don't come out of every time I see an automobile accident, you drive by an automobile accident. And you see somebody, it's all crashed up, and you see something, and it's horrible. Do you have to immediately? I hate automobile accidents, and I don't want anyone to get hurt ever. No. That doesn't mean you like them. I mean, of course you do because you slow down and look at them. You know damn well you do. You slow down the whole damn highways backed up on the other side of the road because somebody got killed on the other side of the road. Just accelerate. I mean, just because you don't say, it really pisses me off. I mean, I... Just because the president doesn't immediately denounce something doesn't mean he's for it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, it doesn't matter now. Because everybody, it doesn't matter because he didn't do it fast enough. He didn't do it harsh enough. And he didn't come out and literally say, I hate every iota of a cracker. Right? I mean, if Trump was standing on the car, I hate all white people, then it'd be great. I mean, King makes it clear. Shabik Shabazz, Hots and Pepper Incorporated makes it clear, right? Or he did make it clear is what he... I hate off. white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. Thank you. He makes it clear. He didn't actually say he denounced every KKK event in history. He must be for them. Shut up. Have a great week. By the way, Lawrence Jones coming up. Love you. See you later. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.